Well, Park Hill Church family, the sun is setting. The last light of Christmas Eve is fading away, preparing for the first light of Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. And we are nearing the end of our Christmas Eve worship gathering. And I've said it before, but tonight feels like a significant new chapter opening for the life of this church. Five years of God's faithfulness here. We launched on Christmas Eve in North Park in 2017, and here we are, 2022. God's been so faithful, you guys, so faithful through some really wild years, am I right? We're also ending a 16-week series in the book of Revelation. Hello. So Revelation, we're wrapping up that wild and crazy, beautiful, inspiring, all-encompassing book. And looking back on these five years as a pastor and teacher of this church, I recall certain teachings, certain series that really lit up this community and energized our worship, especially the Psalm series two Junes ago. And um, yeah, and the Holy Spirit series from earlier this year, they, they just energize us. And I really think this Revelation series was right up there, if not a whole new, whole new level of engagement and hunger that uh, I've sensed, just fixing our eyes on the vision that Jesus gave John. Jesus gave John a vision about Jesus and he wrote it down and we can worship through it. And so we worship and intentionally bring our whole lives under the authority of this king who was born to Mary. This king who was born to Mary, if you remember Revelation 12, Tanika Wyatt preached on Revelation 12 during our series. It's really a Christmas story in the middle of Revelation. <laughs> this story where this woman is about to give birth and there's this huge dragon that's out to get her and wants to eat her and her offspring. It's really graphic picture. What if that was, what if we had like dragons wanting to eat pregnant women instead of Christmas trees like displayed in our houses? That's the New Testament's picture. That's the New Testament's picture of Christmas because there's this reality that Jesus is showing us, this, this, this reality that Jesus has come to defeat the dragon, to defeat Satan once and for all, and to bring hope, the true hope that we all truly long for. And so tonight, Christmas Eve, I want to wrap up not just Christmas Eve, but our whole Revelation series with just a dose of Revelation as a bookend, as an epilogue. You can call it an epilogue. So the whole book of Revelation is really wrapped up in a really Christmassy line. And it's this line, the time is near. The time is near. So if you could put slide one up, here's the beginning and end of Revelation. The beginning of Revelation, blessed is the one who reads out loud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it, take to heart what's written in it because why? Can we say it? The time is near. And then the whole book ends. Then he told me, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll because why? The time is near. It's like, wow, Revelation on Christmas Eve. He's really going for it. It's wild. So, but it is. It's like this dramatic vision from Jesus comes like a gift from Jesus to his followers all over the world, gift-wrapped in this phrase. The time is near. Remember that. In everything I tell you, remember the time is near. The time is near. For what? The time is near for what? And what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, the point of Revelation is also the point of the whole Bible and the point of Christmas. And it's this. 
to call the world to encounter Jesus and then follow Jesus in his countercultural way in the world by the power of the Spirit until Jesus comes again to judge and heal the world once and for all. If that's not Christmas, I don't know what is. So this Christmas Eve, the message from Jesus is the time is near. But time for what? Feel the urgency. The time is near. Time for what? Well, the whole New Testament. Revelation isn't the only place in the Bible that talks like with this urgency. The time is close. It's almost here. The light of Christmas Day is almost coming up over the eastern horizon. The whole New Testament brims with this kind of urgency, running through Jesus and his disciples and all the churches. It's like the last trumpet is almost here. The Apostle Paul, he said it this way. He says, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of my salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And some of Jesus' other followers talk like this too. Peter, he says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. And John, he said it, the world and his desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. So there's this urgency all through the New Testament about this idea of time. You can feel it. Where does this urgency come from in the New Testament? It came straight from Jesus. This is how he started his ministry. Did you know this? This is how Jesus started his whole Jesus ministry. His first words recorded in the Bible. Do you know what they are? It's the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is a time issue. Jesus is saying, this is the, the time is now, the unique moment for the fulfillment of God's plan. It has arrived. And Jesus has like his fingers pointing at himself. It's arrived. The time has arrived. It's time to bring the long-awaited redeeming rule of God. This is Christmas, you guys. So when Jesus steps onto the scene, he announces, in me, he says, in Jesus, in me, there's a change in government. A new world order is being launched. And all of this is wrapped up in this phrase and this feeling. You should feel this feeling. The time is near. Feel exactly. It should feel the way it feels. That's good. That little phrase is really a summary of the gospel. It's time to wake up. God has come to live with us. Heaven is available to earthlings now. We're not alone anymore. The time is near. And maybe your pushback is, you know, near. It's like the third millennium since he said that. Uh, you can, it's understandable to, to have that pushback or to have that question. It's been over 2,000 years since his birth. And that's near? Jesus announced it in AD 30, and then Paul in AD 50, and then Peter, and now it's 2022, Evan. It's like, how is this still near? And, but when you read Jesus' words carefully, you see a tension in Jesus' own conviction. On one hand, Jesus is 100% convinced that in him, the last time has arrived. 100%. He's in me, the last days have arrived. And on the other hand, Jesus clearly sees this as a process that unfolds over time, both. It's both now and it's not yet. We're supposed to feel those both in our souls. 
Jesus talks about seeds slowly growing over time. So Jesus understood that the time coming near, it involves a series of events, like his own birth and life, his teaching and healing, death, resurrection, sending the Spirit on his followers, and then the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. Jesus foretold that. It was all part of the time. And then the rise of the church, and then the spread of the gospel to every continent on earth at this point. For Jesus, as all these things happen, nearness intensifies. It's meant to feel intense and intensified. This is the kingdom at work. This is the seed planted that becomes a tree bigger than any possible. This is the little tiny bit of yeast in the dough and it makes this giant city-sized loaf. This is who Jesus saw himself to be. The time is near and it's coming. So much so that John begins and ends, he gift wraps his book of Revelation with this phrase, the time is near. And since then, the time has always been near. You guys, we're living in it. The time has always been near. When you read the New Testament writers, they all acted and talked like the time is near. And every generation since then feels like the time is near. Because as a matter of fact, the time is always near. This is how to think about this. This is how this works, you guys. Ever since Jesus first announced his gospel, the time has been near and intensifying. So this Christmas Eve, the feeling you have of the light of Christmas Day, right on the other side of the world, the world's just turning on an axis, and it's just a matter of rotation before you see Christmas, you're supposed to feel this at the end and beginning of Revelation. The time is near. The time for what? Number one, for Jesus to be known. The time is near for Jesus to be known by the whole world. Look at the beginning of Revelation. Look, this baby born to Mary, look at him now. He's coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Can we say that last word together? Amen. Jesus is coming and he's here. He's present, and he will one day come. This tension is supposed to be felt. It's all real, you guys. Why Jesus doesn't burst into the scene and be visible in San Diego right now, I have no idea. We pray for him to do that. We pray for him to, especially with all the injustice and suffering we see around us. So we pray, come, Lord Jesus. At Christmas, we pray, come again, Lord Jesus. And we make no mistake, he is coming Just like we sing every year, joy to the world, the Lord is come, present. He is come. This is a profound use of that verb, is. The Lord has come, and he is come, and will fully come. All true. All true. The time is near. Number one, for Jesus to be known. Number two, for Jesus to finally get his way. Now is the time for Jesus to have his way in you and in me. Christmas is the time for Jesus to get what he wants because what he wants is always better than, it's always constantly reorienting our ideas of what's best. His, His authority, his goodness. He says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm Jesus. I'm standing at the beginning of time right now and I'm Jesus standing at the end right now and I'm the source of everything right now, and I'm everything's destiny. Jesus is saying, I am the time. I'm the time. 
Why do you think Jesus could say to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise? You know that story, Jesus is hanging on the cross and the thief is like, please remember me. I'm a broken, beaten, undeserving thief. Please remember me. And Jesus says, I will see you this afternoon in paradise. Paradise, if you're an ancient Jew, you know exactly what paradise is. It's a garden. It's a garden of Eden. There's only one paradise. There's only one garden. That's the, that's the word Jesus uses is the, was the word for garden. Wait, the garden's at the beginning. So Jesus is saying he's going to meet us at the beginning. Oh, wait, Revelation ends with a garden-like city with trees and leaves and fruit and rivers of life. It's the Garden of Eden fully realized in a city form. There's the garden, too. How is the garden at the end and at the beginning and this afternoon at the cross? Jesus is saying, I am the time. The time is near. The time is available. The time is here. And his name is Jesus. So the time is near, number three, for humans to realize their destiny is in Jesus. This is why the book of Revelation ends. Here's the last lines of the Bible. You ready for this? I love it. It's like a little, it's like a spoon-fed call and response prayer. It's very cool. Uh, it's Jesus saying, yes, I'm coming soon. And then Jesus says, now all my people say, and then everybody says, can we all say it? Amen, come Lord Jesus. And then John says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. And everybody says, amen. That's, that, that's all quote, the last line of the Bible. Jesus is saying, repeat after me. I am here for you and I'm coming again and I'm trustworthy. So this is how the Bible ends because the time is near. So this Christmas Eve, you guys, the night's almost over. This night... And the capital N night, the darkness of our lives. It's almost over. Think of that first Christmas Eve. Think of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Think of her. I love that song by Andrew Peterson. It was not a silent night. There was blood on the ground. So, so think of Mary in labor. The time is near. Jesus just behind that that her, her stomach skin right there, it's, it's, it's ready, it's pregnant, it's about to, Jesus is there. There's no arguing that Jesus is near. And the time is near, he's coming soon. This is where we live. Jesus will be here in a matter of moments and there's no arguing with the fact that he's in the room with us. So what does this mean for our lives? We're gonna come to communion and we're gonna light our candles in, in just a few minutes and be done here. What does this mean? I mean, this is, this is an exciting idea that time in person is near to you. The garden on both ends of the Bible and this afternoon at the cross is here for you. If you trust in him, the garden is here for you. The time is here for you. What does this mean? It means this is how we live. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. So we resist the night and we walk in the light. But we do this as joyful, non-anxious, hospitable children of light in the darkness. Our proper response to the darkness is not fight or flight, but simply shine. The light of self-sacrificial love. 
So knowing that the time is near, it doesn't mean Jesus is coming soon. Let's go hide in a safe cave and wait for the sunrise. No, knowing that the time is near, you know what this does? When you realize that Jesus is both this afternoon and the beginning and end, and this afternoon in prayer, knowing that he's here, you know what this does? It frees us, it frees you to live out the light of Jesus in peace, regardless of what country you're in, or what kind of government we have, or what the arrangement of the Supreme Court is, or what kind of ideology is being taught in your school, or whether you agree or disagree with the latest political leaders, or whatever your media is wanting to make you react to by making you click early in the morning, whatever the latest news headline is, as people of the time that is near, we live by a higher time clock, you guys. We live by a higher set of values. So we can come to the table of Jesus knowing that the time is there. The time is near. We can come to the table of Jesus from any secondary ideological or political persuasion. All that stuff falls very short, falls at the feet of Jesus when we surrender our whole lives to Jesus because we are living by his time clock and his time is near. And it's always getting nearer and nearer as the spirit-filled community of Christ's peace lives out the way of Jesus in humble, quiet confidence. First Thessalonians 4, the people of Jesus under the shadow of Rome get this letter where Paul says, hey, I know it's tough living in Rome. They're very oppressive. Same oppressors that oppressed Jesus at Christmas time. And, and here's how I want you to live. Quiet confidence knowing that the day is near. This is how the kingdom advances. So as we come to the end of this Christmas Eve gathering and the end of 2022 and the end of five years, all that, my friends, I just want you to really ponder, church family, ponder the reality of that phrase. The time is near. Time for Jesus to be known through your lives, through your speech, through your actions to have his way fully in this church, Park Hill, and the churches of San Diego. The Rock is crushing it with multiple services over there because they know the time is near. It's actually that way. <laughs> and, and Captivate, and all these churches that I know that always come to my mind, the time, it's not just, we're not just doing it, we're not just trying to do it right at Park Hill. The church of San Diego confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, uniting despite secondary, plenty of secondary ideological differences. We rally around this very primary thing, and that is that Jesus, who is the kingdom in person, is near, and he's breaking in, and he's trustworthy, and he deserves your allegiance, your highest allegiance, higher than anything that asks you to pledge allegiance. So, so let's walk in the light this Christmas. This is the invitation. Build your life on Jesus. So I want to call, put out a call to two different, two different folks. If you don't know Jesus and you're here, you're here for Christmas, and I love it. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the house. So thankful that you're here. Um, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have a, a living relationship with, with God and his people, like like walking in step with disciples of Jesus, believing that Jesus is the master of your life. If you don't know Jesus, let me invite you. Come to the light. We're gonna light the Christ candle. Come to the light. Come to Christ. 
Submit your whole life to Jesus. One day, it'll be time. One day, the time will be fully here. And the curtain will be pulled back. The curtain of the universe will be flung wide. And the whole universe will see Jesus face to face. The whole universe will see Jesus. And Paul wrote to the church in Philippians, at that point, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. And right now, he gives us a choice to bow ahead of time and to unite with him, unite with him in love and with his people. So listen, if you refuse to submit to Jesus, you are refusing eternal life and love. So this Christmas Eve, if you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna invite you in like a matter of seconds right now to pray with me, to verbalize, to be led in a prayer, to say yes to the kindness of Jesus. Let this Christmas Eve be the moment Jesus has his way. He wants you in the best way. He wants relationship eternally with you. So I'm just gonna invite you to do an old-fashioned prayer right now with me. If you don't know Jesus, if you're, if you're like, I don't even know if I know Jesus anymore. Maybe you're in that kind of, kind of you know, gray zone in your spiritual journey. Wonderful. Now's the time to say, Jesus, I, re I return to you as best I know how. And so I'm gonna invite you to pray right now. So if you could just take a deep breath. Just pay attention, like notice the planes flying overhead. Notice the wonderful, beautiful children's voices. And just, just pray this prayer with me. If you don't know Jesus and you wanna step into life and love with God, then just say, hello God, I'm here. I confess that I've tried to define my life on my own terms. And tonight I recognize that the time is near. The king on the cross invites me to paradise. And so I confess Jesus is king. He's the authority, not just of the universe, but of my mind, my heart, my body, my soul, my emotions, my relationships, my money, my time, my talents. Everything belongs to him because I got it from him in the first place. So I want to be done trying to define my life on my own terms. And I want to submit to Jesus. So Jesus, receive my life. Receive my pledge of allegiance. You are the Lord and no other. And I want to give my life to walking with you and your family for the rest of my days until the King is here until we're with the King. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. If you, prayed, if you prayed that, if you entered that moment with me and with probably many others in this room, I would love for you to tell someone. Tell someone you came with. There's gonna be pastors all around the room, pastors at the back, at the Connect desk that would love to hear like, hey, I just connected with God in a fresh way tonight when Evan prayed, and I'd love to know what, what even that means. What's the next step? We would love to talk with you about that. Alpha might be a fun next step to build community and talk about Jesus for a few weeks together. The other group, the final group, I wanna invite everyone to communion, everyone in this room. So for all the Jesus followers in the room, 
It's actually the same invitation to bring all of our lives under Christ's authority this Christmas. And as you come to the table right now, there's bread. I'm not sure exactly how it's gonna work. Is it gonna be like tearing the bread or? Yeah, yeah. So someone else, who tears it? Everyone, individuals. Everyone. Great. So you're gonna tear, this is the one thing we do. I didn't personally work out ahead of time. But, um, but yeah, you grab a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup. So just a, a light dip as you come through and you take it back to your seat and you hold on to it. And then I'm gonna lead us all in eating and drinking afterwards. But here's the call, followers of Jesus. It's the same invitation. What about my life is not in the light? Is there anything in my life that I'm hiding from the light? When the light is where life and love is, invite the Holy Spirit into that. Show me, show me, Lord, and show me how to step into the light and out of darkness. So can we all stand together? As we round the corner, the final stretch of this Christmas Eve gathering, you're gonna go and have sweet, whatever, evenings together as families and communities. Just come to the table now, knowing that the time is near, nearer than when you first believed, and his name is Jesus. So right now, let's come forward, grab a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and then bring it back to your seat, and then hold on to it, and then I'll lead us all in eating.